Welcome, lovers. You are listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I am very excited to share today's Unleashed Heart. Cherie Burton is an author, a holistic spiritual psychologist, international speaker, mom of six, podcast host of Women Seeking Wholeness. She's also a business owner, and she really is a facilitator in emotional release and is going to talk to us today about the new feminine leadership, especially that new feminine leadership paradigm. So I'm really excited. She's a teacher who has helped thousands of women all over the world find wholeness. And I'm uh, thank you so much for being here, Sheree. I'm so excited and can't wait to hear about what your expertise is. Thanks, Abigail. I'm really, really happy to be here with you. Yeah, so your listeners. <laughs> yeah, and tell so you work with a lot of women. We have women and men who listen in. So I always love to, you know, imagine that the men hear and kind of learn how to understand the interworkings of a woman. <laughs> and also even oh, we're to, such complex beings. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and you know what else I think is pretty interesting is also men understanding some of their feminine side, right? Because at men, women, women and men, we all have the masculine and feminine energies. And so mm-hmm. I would love to talk about like I want to kind of like dive right in actually and sure. talk about that new feminine leader paradigm and and what that means. And we'll get around to how you arrive there, but what does that mean? So the new feminine leadership paradigm is basically going right in line with what you're saying about the inner workings of a woman or female. So the old ways of doing things were basically patriarchal driven, mm-hmm. masculine driven, go, 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 achieve, you know, mm-hmm. but light yourself on fire, you know, really heavy in goal setting very black and white in terms of like you're either a failure or a success. There's no nuance there. So a lot of it is just driven by, you know, climbing the corporate ladder or, you know, recognition based a lot, a lot of time. So the new feminine leadership paradigm is all about that nuance and expansion. It's more about collaboration as opposed to just a top-down approach of, you know, a set of teachings or a delivery model. Um, It's more about how can we work together? How can we expand this way of thinking? So a lot of it is about spiritual gifts, intuition, um, a lot of, you know, you know, rather than having like, say like a president, it's leadership. So you would have somebody kind of guiding the process, but they're not dictating the way it needs to be done. There's a lot of input and there's a lot of putting minds together. So we're not... We're seeing a lot of dissolution of structures right now, just because this is where we're at with planetary healing. I knew this before COVID, but COVID has really brought it home. And we're starting to see where some systems aren't healthy. And it's because they've left the feminine out. They've left out the voice of the feminine. They've left out that collaboration. So Mm. we're seeing those structures start to kind of dissolve and, and we're looking at new ways of doing things. Yes. I love what you're pointing at because it's obvious if you know what you're looking for, but it's not so obvious if you don't. And yeah, and because even as far as school and then the judicial, judicial, jude, why can't I say that right now? Right? They judicial, judicial it, I know, judicial, <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. Well, and then also just, you know, different structures of government, different structures of business, the way that we've been doing things has definitely left out the feminine in many different ways. And especially at the 
corporate level, you know, I mean, it, there's evidence everywhere. And so the thing, the things that were already outdated hanging by a thread just got whopped right off. And so like, I, it's, it is, there is some sadness because it's what we've known for so long, but then also there's the, like, so grieving is necessary because we have to come to terms with the endings. And that's why we don't end things anyways, because we want to drag that out. But certainly I love where you're pointing at. It's just naturally outdated. And so what can we do, especially if this, the, all of these, because this is rapid, right? These endings that have come about and the disruption has been very rapid and probably pretty abrasive for people. So what can we do to adjust with the times and to not get so, you know, knocked off center and off kilter? Yeah, that's a really good question. So a lot of people are feeling the displacement, lots of transition, old ways of doing things, as you said, Actually, that's a really, really good thing mm-hmm. um, because let's just take look at it from an entrepreneurial or a business point of view. So if you were in a line of business that is kind of like petering out because of this, then it's your soul is moving you into your true work in the world. And so I see that happening right and left. My business was never busier than it was since COVID um, because what I do is recession-proof. It's foolproof in terms of like, And that is what your soul work is. And so everyone is trying to up-level right now. They're on a subconscious level, on a collective conscious level. If you, uh, My background is in psychology. And so I love Carl Jung and his work on the collective uh, unconscious. But as a collective, we are up-leveling. We're going into a new age. And so that means that these things have to come down. Now that's true collectively, but it's true within each one of us. So if we're doing something that's not serving us at a high level, it's going to shift. It's going to change. That to me feels really like a temporary pain point with a long-term benefit for everyone. But in the long run, it's going to be healthier. We're going to be happier and more peaceful as a people. But we're sort of in this place. It's literally historical time because everything is coming down. And we have to heal part of that new feminine leadership paradigm is not looking at what's out here. It's how do I go within and check out what's happening inside of me? Unprocessed trauma, old beliefs, limiting anything, right? Anything toxic to you personally, whether it's a relationship, a substance, a a thing, you know, a belief system, it's going to have to come down. So we see this happening with religions right now. People are leaving religions. We see this happening in schools We see this happening with government, of course, and family systems. So anything that's not a healthy pattern right now, it's going to be challenged. It's going to be brought to light. Yes, thank you. (laughs) You you segued us so smoothly into the collective work that's happening, right? Because I think that it feels out of our hands, which can ultimately feel overwhelming, but it can be done even on that individual level. And that's where it's meant to be done, right? Unprocessed trauma was a great example, right? Because I think there's a lot of people saying like, what can I do? And I feel so helpless or everything feels so out of control. Well, you can start with you. And the inner work that there is to do, right? being authentic with yourself, not no more lying to yourself, no more unhealthy habits, no more toxic relationships. Like if you get integrity around your life and you look where your systems are outdated and you've been hanging on, not letting go, and you do that processing, 
which we do a lot of, um, I specifically, uh, hosted the mortality series earlier this year for this reason, because immortality, yes, death and endings, but it was much more about the energetic endings and the fact that it's time to grieve losses to clear space, right? And so, because I love what you also pointed to was how harmonic this can turn out and where we can go as a collective and together and individually as a family unit, as a community, there's so much potential and disruption is time for that because it will cause the healing that's necessary. So just like, thank you for bringing that to the forefront and explaining it the way that you are. And, and so if someone is like, this is that awakening moment for them where they realize like, okay, I've just been waiting for everything to work out, but I realize it's my responsibility. What can we do? What can we be up to, to cause this? Yeah. So a lot of it is about, there is this mass awakening, right? And so it's happening with individuals. So then just awareness, um, because after the awakening comes the awareness, and sometimes they're interchangeable. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then it's like, okay, well, now that I'm awake to this and I'm aware of it, what do I do now? Yes. And for me, it really is just as simple as going within and breathing through whatever the pain points are. We have a tendency to just bypass that stuff. So, because of my background in psych, you know, I've learned that we, as humans, there's these structures in our brain that go into flight or freeze. So when we're confronted with something painful, whether it's something that happened externally, but it's always going to be an internal trigger. Just because things in your environment happen, you don't always have to react to them. But if there's some kind of memory for you or something that is charged for you emotionally, it will trigger. So what we're taught is, oh, that's wrong. That's not good. We can't be angry. We can't be all these things. So we stuff those emotions. We swallow them down. And the amygdala in our deep limbic structures kind of holds our fear response or regulates it. So if we're in that flight or freeze, we will shut down. We will naturally shut down because the body is trying to protect us. The brain is trying to protect your whole body. So when you're aware of that, oh my gosh, I'm wanting to bail right now. I'm going into an avoidance pattern or I'm like super triggered and I'm fighting. I'm yelling, I'm screaming, I'm crazy or I'm um, freezing, I'm into analysis paralysis, I can't move, I I can't think, I don't know what to do. Just notice that. And it's a very feminine quality to notice, to not have to do anything. You're just looking and noticing and observing. And from that observational platform, it takes the charge and the power out of whatever it is. So it's kind of like, I gotcha, I see you. You can capture it by writing it down. Like today I was really triggered because I saw this happen and I think it might be because of this. So I'm just going to breathe and notice and then I will know the next right. I trust my higher self. I trust the divine, whatever God, whatever that is for you. I trust that I will know the next right step at the right time. But at least I'm aware right now. At least I get it. I can see the pattern. And when you see the pattern, you stop. You can stop feeding it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to run you on autopilot. It doesn't. Those neurons can stop firing for you because you're onto it. You get it. You're aware. Beautiful, beautiful explanation. And I'm feeling very affirmed right now. We do a lot of this conversation on the podcast and I'm loving the way that you're breaking it down about noticing. And um, we use this tool called Nasser, which is notice, acknowledge, and then stop 
and then redirect, right? Like powerfully Mm. redirect. And so just, I heard it in your answer. And, but you brought in that femininity where it's like the woman, the mother, let's say, sits back and observes more than she dives in and participates, right? Like she can see all the moving pieces and move pieces as opposed to like play the game and, you know, like be in the game. And so I just, I love the perspective of shifting from like a participant to an observer and Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to observe yourself. Because I do think, um, you know, whenever that awakening happens and then we do become aware is when we can start to have those outer body experiences. But you know, we know, I'm I'm sure that the listeners can sense the difference when they were so in their body and in their circumstance, as opposed to whenever they had their awakening moment, now they get to like watch their circumstance. And so really, really great. Can I I say something there? Because I think it's important. Yeah. So when I'm talking about the feminine, I'm not just talking about females. Right. Because there's feminine and masculine in males and females. So largely men have been programmed to swallow down when their intuition wants to come out because it wouldn't be as valued. It would be maybe mocked or ridiculed. Same with their emotions. And same for women. We've swallowed a lot of our intuitive gifts. So I'm not necessarily just saying like it's this very placid, docile energy. It's not. It's fire and volcano and mama bear if it needs to be. Um, And it's still part of the feminine. And I'd say that with a capital F because it's literally a presence. It's literally an energy or an entity that lives and moves in males and females. So like with me having children, I have my kids range in age from six to 26 um, it's a long story, but I, <laughs> I've been around the block with this mother bear intensity. Like if you look at mother earth, she's got it all. She's got the beautiful flowers, but she has volcanoes and hurricanes and tornadoes and tempests. And that's a lot like the female uh, or the feminine body. So we disassociate when we check out of our bodies, when we're not in our body, because we're like, oh, it's not safe. It's not safe to be in my body. I'm either getting rejected or People aren't noticing me. I'm not, you don't feel validated. So you disassociate. Could be through trauma or could just be feel like you just feel like insignificant. But the power in coming back into your body, listening to yourself, honoring and giving yourself what you need, that's all part of that beautiful, you know, full embodiment, fully here in your body right now. And I learned a lot of this stuff just through trial and error with being a mom, but also through yoga. I did a 200-hour teacher training with my daughter, who's now 21. We did it together. And also just working with clients and noticing how there was a pattern I was seeing. You know, the, the, the tendency a woman has through cultural programming to reject her body because it doesn't fit a certain we'll say stereotype or ideal for her in her mind. It's a very sensitive topic, but it needs to be said, like you cannot be in your power if you reject your body. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. You'll be unconscious if you do, and it's fake power. So um, there's a, it's something we have to work on and be mindful of all of the time to truly be in your power as a woman and a man. You have to stay in your body. And do a practice, whether you're doing mantras to yourself or affirmations or breathing, just to stay in it, be in it. 
one of the most extreme examples I know about this. You could literally have a dissociative disorder where you're just not there. The lights are on, but nobody's home. You could have an extreme eating disorder where you've rejected your body to such a degree that you're a shell. You're doing patterns that you're not conscious of or that you are so conscious of that you hate yourself so much. Another example is suicide. Suicide is the ultimate act of leaving your body. So I have a sister that took her life and left behind five children. This happened 15 years ago. We're two years apart in age. Our kids were the same ages. We lived in the same community. And she was bipolar. And this is a pattern that's happened in our family for generations. Um, My dad's sister took her life and left a three-year-old for my parents to raise. So I kind of know firsthand some of the more extremes of this disassociation or this rejection of the self. And it's because of women, there's a shadow side to every gift. The gift of the feminine is we can see the whole picture. We can see it. We have this feminine innate wisdom where we can see everything before us. Think about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Eve took the fruit because she could see like, oh, this is like the way it needs to be. I'm going to have to do this metaphorically. Because we can see it all and because we can see the whole picture, we can also see the holes in everything and what needs fixed. And we do this, we internalize this on ourselves. I am not whole. I'm, I'm full of holes. Therefore, I am not a whole person. I'm broken. I'm flawed. I'm not enough. And for me, I just see every problem we're facing societally and individually is from that core dominant false belief of not enough. Don't belong to this religion. You're not enough. Don't go to this uh, political party. It's not enough. This school is better than this school because this school is not enough. This family is broken. They're not enough. Like, you know, we could repeat that, like those broken uh, paradigms that we are operating from because fundamentally these individuals do not feel like they are enough. So they overcompensate and we all do it, but some are doing it at a really, really dysfunctional level um, in groups and in systems. So I'm super passionate about that because it's just a, I'm, I'm turning 52 in a couple months and I'm just, I've been on the planet long enough now that I'm like, I can see it. And sometimes I don't always see it in myself. That's what's crazy paradox about this is I can see it and women do this. We can see it, but we we're so relational. We want to fix everything on that's happening out here that we don't bring it in. How can I help myself feel more whole today, right now in this moment? Oh, I'm having this thought. It's separating me from my true self, my higher self. How do I integrate and come back in my body and feel enough? So <laughs> that's the practice. Yeah, <laughs> you're making me so happy. I'm so happy that our listeners get to hear your brilliance. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your story. I was going to ask, like, how did you get into this? But that was a way better answer already. And like, just getting to know some of your background and who you are and where you come from. And and so much of that, just just first off, thank you for that vulnerability. Um, you share mm-hmm. it so clearly as though it's clear you've done the work to be healed and whole around those areas, but also 
you know, for people who are hearing it for the first time, you know, they relate and they know and they lost somebody or they've considered getting lost themselves in, in whichever way. And just like, I have goosebumps right now. Like, thank you for that gift for, mm. for our community. And because I think that we listen and we read and we watch and we tune into to other people's brilliance because we are searching for something. And I imagine what you just shared definitely filled some gaps for some people. So just mm. thank you so much for that. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I, I do talk about my sister's death and have for quite a bit over the last 15 years. So sometimes there's not the emotion attached to it, but lest anyone yeah. uh, think that there's not a lot of pain with that, I mean, it's something as a family. I mean, of course, leaving her children were uh, ages two through 12 when she died, her five children. And so I can still see 15 years after the fact, her choice and the repercussions of that. And it's still a lot of stuff to process. It's a very heavy um, dynamic in our family, but we're healing. And honestly, her death was a catalyst for a lot of my awakening. I actually stepped away from clinical work. I was a group therapist at a psychiatric hospital. I worked for a while at an addiction recovery center. And I stepped away from that kind of work because I really, I could see how people were not getting well in the traditional means. So I moved into spiritual holistic psychology because I could see the emotional healing was much deeper than drugs and talk therapy and um, or needed to be much deeper than that. So yeah. drugs and talk therapy are great, but there are things we need to do um, in conjunction with that if we really want people to feel whole. Yeah. Drugs don't make you feel whole. Yeah. Um, they actually do quite the opposite, but we need them as a temporary brace. I'm not against them. Mm-hmm. Um, however, our medical models need to shift into more of a, a wholeness model. And that's why I started my podcast, Women Seeking Wholeness, because I was like, what if we all operated from the paradigm that we're whole? You went to church. Oh, you're great the way you are. You're so whole. And then you, your family's like, you're such a whole person. And like, you know what I mean? Like, what if we change the rhetoric? And um, so that's, I'm like, well, we already are whole. We don't have to seek for it. We already are. We just have to accept that we are. Yeah. Yes. I love the way that you're speaking. I couldn't be in closer alignment with what you're saying about like the talk therapy and like the ways that it was like, those are great and they have their purpose and they're not the whole package of being able to serve the whole person, right? Like it doesn't incorporate all the different aspects, especially, um, right? Like talking about it is great. And then what? Like a lot of people will leave therapy or have been in it for years and still be searching for a now what? And, and a lot of people that then naturally find the self-development industry. And while that also has great purpose and serves great purpose, it also has a rhetoric around being broken, needing fixing, incompleteness. And yeah. so I really love that you're what you're pointing to for people. And so women seeking wholeness, definitely ladies and gentlemen, go tune into that. And and how do you work with people? What is it like to work with you? And maybe cross over that threshold into realizing mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. I caught this. Like, what about that? <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm a former Mrs. Utah. So I did the whole pageantry thing for a while. And I think the big aha for me, because actually my sister committed suicide the year I was Mrs. Utah. So it's not Miss Utah, it's Mrs. Utah. And um, it caught the attention of the Utah Attorney General Office because suicide was a huge problem 
back then it still is actually in Utah. And so I had to re-examine like, well, what do, why would I be compelled to do a pageant? Like, what am I trying to prove here, right? So I've had some years to process that. And so I, for a while, I directed pageants. I did pageant coaching. I coached a lot of women who went on to win pageants, national as well as state title holders. And then I was like, eh, that's not for me anymore. I'd rather bring that into the real arena of life. So I took my psychology training and I took the pageantry training. I kind of put them together, but more of a soul work focus. So um, I'm a kind of a hobbyist researcher, scholar of the divine feminine. So I've been all over the world on pilgrimages. I've I've done a lot of speaking from stage. Um, done a lot of networking with people who are really high vibe thought leaders and spiritual activists. And so that's how I kind of saw this feminine rising thing way before COVID. And um, a lot of them have seen that as well. So to answer your question, working with me looks like, I think the best teachers are those who guide people into themselves. They don't deliver this whole like, this is the way it is because those are fast fading. People intuitively don't trust. They're very skeptical of people who are saying this is unequivocally the way it is. As opposed to how do you feel? What do you think? What resonates with you? How do you access your own knowing? How do you vibe with your higher self who holds all of the direct source, direct connection to God? How do you find that? So I do my programs that way. So I have a Stand Speak Shine School and that's what I do for 12 weeks. We dive into that embodiment practices so that you can access your own knowing so that you can fuse and integrate your higher self with your body. I get asked all the time, like, how do you do it? Like you run two businesses, you have all these kids. I do a lot and I write and I speak and I have a podcast and I run two businesses and I have six kids. And the answer to that is I've learned how to stay in my body. I'm not a crazy woman. I do have my days, but I'm not running around unconscious. I put indicators in my stations where I frequent that help me self-nourish almost constantly. And um, like I said, I'm almost 52. So it's been hard fought (laughs) to get to this point. But that to me is the highest gift that I can teach other people is how to create their own self-nourishment and consistently show up for themselves and speak their own truth and express themselves, not the way their neighbor is doing it or someone they love or whatever, the way they need to do it to be authentic. And that that's where we're headed in the future for the planet. Yes. I would love for you to clarify because like I'm listening and I'm loving like, and you, you, I can tell all of that work you've done in the feminine and you keep saying in your body. And I'd love mm-hmm. for you to distinguish for us because we have a lot of people really committed to what you're saying and they want to take on this work. Can you help to distinguish for us the difference between being in your head and your heart? Because yeah. both are in the body, but those have a, those yeah, have yeah, a pretty yeah. big difference. That's <laughs> a really good question. So actually I would add to that, you have three brains. You have three yes. processing centers in your body, your head brain, your heart brain, and your gut brain. And I would say for women... The gut brain is womb wisdom. It's literally a holy of holies. It's literally a temple in your body. So there are many ways to receive information. And there's actually more neural pathways that run from your heart to your head brain, your heart brain to your head brain, than there are the other way around. See, we're conditioned, and this is what I learned in school, is that your brain's controlling everything, your head brain. But actually your heart's your heart is intuiting and sending more to the rest of your body. And I would also say for women, again, your gut reaction, your gut brain, your womb wisdom. 
So when you breathe, when you use sensory tools, you literally anchor yourself in your body. So I love essential oils. That's one way to sensory anchor. Um, All of your senses, what you're hearing, what you're tasting, what you're smelling, what you're touching, spiritually and physically are going to impact how you either disassociate from your body or you get in and you do the work. So um, work being just joy, joy work, enlivening your senses so that you actually experience pleasure. I can't tell you how much we are shamed. And I'm not talking about sexuality because that's where everyone's brain goes. Mm. That is part of it. But I am talking about the joy of being alive in your body and using your senses as portals and pathways to feel alive, like sensory, like um, sensual. And it's not just sexuality. You're nailing it. And like, I'm like, I'm literally experiencing joy and all the senses (laughs) about it. Like you're, I'm like, yes, preach, tell them, tell them. It's so great. And you know, um, thank you for bringing in the gut too, because I think, and I know you've already capitalized like, feminine F, right? Like, so men and women, people who identify gender, men about that go with your gut. And I think that obviously men have not been taught like, and women, let's, let's just open it. Oh, totally. Like the feeling I'm constantly asking clients, how does that choice feel, right? Like they come sometimes, I have to often clarify for clients, like I am not a consultant. I am not going to tell you what to do. Let's look, right? Mm -hmm. Like listen inward. And so it's like, how does that choice actually feel for you? And we have just been told so much. No one asked us that. No one asked us it in school. No one asked us it at church. Nope. It's like, yeah, that's what I'm changing. So I have a 12, just to interrupt you, sorry. It's just yeah, it's okay. It's so okay. I have two, like kind of two sets of kids, same husband or whatever, but we we had a 12-year gap where um, no children. And so there's 12 years between the first set and the second set. The two younger kids are adopted, two separate private options. But anyway, I kind of got a second chance. Yeah. Because my older kids, I taught them about seeking truth and all these things and being empathetic and they're beautiful human beings. But I also gave them a set of beliefs and a set way of doing things. Mm. With this next group of kids, even though I'm older, um, it's, it's a challenge to be patient. I'm now going and saying, how does this feel to you? Here's a truth that I learned. Does that feel right to you? How does that feel for you? So I just wanted to say that like, yes. I kind of get another chance to <laughs> parent in a way that's more conscious that way. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so great because any parent listening can pivot at any time, right? And um, how does that feel? And to to just add on, like we wouldn't know to parent that way because we weren't parented that way. And so for the most part, I'm, I'm obviously generalizing, but in school and everything, we are so often taught that our authority and our knowing is outside of us. Like I know more, I'm the elder. Like 100%. So, and so we just kind of, there's that obedience side. We love to please, we love to impress. And so we live up to that. And then unfortunately though, it just becomes conditioning, just becomes the way that we are. We do not have sovereignty over our own souls. Yes. If we outsource our authority, Mm -hmm. we become uber obedient to Mm -hmm. another human or a system that's Mm. probably got lots of flaws and we just blindly oftentimes accept that this system or this person knows better than I do for myself. Mm-hmm. And this is where we're seeing a lot of this disempowerment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a plague. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, especially t- speaking into the hearts of empaths, right? Like we, without any training about actually being an empath, we naturally feel more, we're more connected, we're more intuitive. So our feelings are activated more frequently. And I remember for myself, like being in high school, crying over, like I cried today over something I had to tell someone, right? Like, And it's just, um, I remember feeling like too much, And I remember feeling overreactive. And so I remember also being questioned, like, what are you crying about? Or, you know, get over it. And And I learned to either cap or hide or not feel my feelings. And then I also certainly made myself wrong for my feelings or how many feelings I would experience. And so, but this is the core of our guidance system. Yeah, that's very well put. Um, if you are an empath, which most people, there are a lot of us on the planet yeah. because we're ushering in a new age. So mm-hmm. there needed to be a lot of souls who came in as empaths to shift the consciousness. My older kids are 100% feeling empath-based and they and we didn't realize it until later. Uh, I was like that as a little girl and I can see how I was so attuned and, and discerning of different energies. And anyway, I became very introverted as a result introversion is not wrong or right. It's just how I was wired to protect myself from the energies around me. So again, that goes back to what we started with. When you're aware of of how different energies affect you, then you can protect yourself. And sensory nourishment is part of that, honestly. Um, just the act of touch, like holding yourself, grabbing yourself. I am here. I am in my body. I am safe. If you don't feel safe, then your lower chakras go out of whack and you disassociate from your body. You've got to feel grounded and safe in order for you to walk this planet. That's where I actually came up with stand, speak, shine, because it's like, first you have to stand, you have to be here. You have to be in your body and stand on the planet and say, I have a right to be here. And it's all lower chakra stuff. And then you have to express yourself. You have to speak your truth. And then when you do those things, you are embodied. You shine. So stand, speak, shine is kind of how I came up with that interplay of, of those elements. I love that. And um, with that, that stand and speak, and earlier you mentioned the awakening and the awareness, like these are all coming, circling together. And um, I heard get your needs met, right? Like when you were talking about those lower Mm -hmm. chakras, like if we do not feel safe, there's no way we're ever thinking about, oh, what's my gift and how do I share it, right? Like we're not thinking about being the divine beings we are. We're thinking about protection. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely right. 100%. So people come to me and they're like, I want to know what my purpose is because I'm really, I have a natural ability to see people's potential and guide them to discovering that for themselves. And oftentimes as a leader, you can see further ahead for that person than they can see for themselves. But they oftentimes want to put the discovery of their purpose before their own groundedness. And so they get all these ideas and they're whirling and swirling, but they're not here. They don't, they haven't learned how to ground, meaning breathing sensory nourishment, self-acceptance, feeling whole. So try to step into a purpose when you don't feel whole. Your audience will not resonate with your work because they will pick up on an energetic level that you feel broken. And there are a lot of charismatic people who can mask that pretty well, but the empaths will see right through it. 
So well said, so well said, and so important because you're right about like the charisma and the facade. We see that and then people like, whether they're observing that happening and they're like, I don't know why I don't trust that person or they're attempting to be that. And then they say, I can't understand why I'm not producing results in my life. Right. So I just so appreciate you putting words to that because we have a lot of empaths and they haven't, I want to say like literally trained, they're not trained to be the empath that they are. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, exploring what that means. And, and on this, on the podcast, we have the empath empowerment series, if that's something that's starting to spark your interest. And then you have stand, speak and shine. And so how, yeah. if someone's like really loving this and it's totally, they feel totally connected to you and they want to sign up for that, how can they do so? Yeah, thank you. So I have standspeakshine.com and I take applicants because I run a school, a Stand Speak Shine school every January to April. And so if that's something that people would be interested in learning more about, they can just you know, hit my site up. There's also a freebie on that site, standspeakshine.com, a free sensory kind of like healing kit that you can download with a meditation and lots of sensory tools uh, to ground you in your body. So all the stuff we've been talking about, I have a, a free lookbook for that. And I love it. It's just fun. It's, it'll love you up. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm gearing up to fill my Stand Speak Shine school in January. So you take a limited amount of students for that. But you can just follow me. Like you don't have to pay for my school. You can just follow me. On where, where can we follow you and, and study yeah, and all just, those things? Yeah. So it's just Burton on Instagram, C-H-E-R-I-E dot B-U-R-T-O-N. And then on Facebook, it's just Women Seeking Wholeness. You can just ask to join my Facebook group um, my or my like my page and I give juicy stuff. Um, and I'm really being intentional coming into 2021, kind of here on the tail end of 2020. It's like, what are we going to create now that we know these systems or whatever? So how do we create a new being, a new way of being for ourselves with this new normal? Because you can create a normal or you can create an exceptional. And we need exceptional people to show up as themselves in authenticity. So that's what I focus on. That's what I'm focusing on for 2021, not just for myself, but I want to guide other people to be able to experience that. Yeah. And it's no mistake you landed on the Hearts Unleashed podcast because that's what we're committed to as well. And so I just want to thank you for being here and um, thank again, like such a great episode, so rich, so important, so informational and like from the soul, like heart to heart. So just thank you for sharing everything you did with us and and thank you for living Unleashed. Thank you for oh, being Thanks, here. Abigail. I have to tell you, one of my daughter's middle names is Abigail. Absolutely mm. love the name. It hey. means a father's joy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you know. <laughs> so you're you're providing a space for people to be in their divine joy with your name, the energy of your name. So just wanted to shout yeah. out that. I'd love to share with you. I talk about it a little bit on the podcast, but a lot with my clients and such is what my three commitments in in the in in the world is hearts unleashed, authentic connection, and then I have the term hilarious joy. That Aww. life is just so joyful that all you can do is laugh about it. And like that's mm-hmm. that's you know that's when awesome. you were talking about living from the heart and especially that root and the gut and the womb energy. I love that because like. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say, um, I'm glad it came back, is like, that's where all of our creativity is. Yes. We literally create babies and we have ideas yeah. there too. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up because creativity is massive. When you're grounded, the next thing you want to do is create. 
Yes. When you're looking at the order of chakras, once you feel safe in that first chakra, the next chakra is the second. And that's all about creativity. Mm -hmm. And that's where you expand yourself as a soul. So get feeling safe, listeners. Yep. (laughs) Once you feel safe and you're in your body, whoa, watch out because that's where your real power comes in. Is that womb wisdom and creation. Yes, such a men great and women. wrap up. Men yep. and women. Yes, men and women. I love it. Thank you so much. And and again, thank you for being here. And hearts, I hope you feel so filled up. I hope you got exactly what you needed to just launch whatever is being born within you. And thank you for bringing your open heart to this episode as well. So thank you guys for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.